This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Rav Aaron Lapiansky Rosh Hashiva of Yeshivas, Greater Washington, once told me, there's no such thing as an introduction. You don't need an introduction. Tyra is Tyra. Nevertheless, I just want to say, Rav Aaron Lopiansky left for a part of his day, the Mir Yeshiva, where he was the son-in-law of the Rosh Hashiva, a chevusa of Anoshim Gedoylim, highly respected and well worthy of all of the accolades we could ever give him. He left to come to Eish and to participate in teaching the next generation. And he didn't choose to teach the highest Gemorrah which he certainly could have taught, or the most important people that came in at, through ELC. But instead, he became a partner in the Essentials Program. This is where he wanted to give. And in that role, undoubtedly, he had the opportunity to see our Shiva, Rav Noach, in a very unique fashion. It's our honor to hear this evening from Rav Aaron Lopiansky. To have to ask in advance Mechila from the Rosh Hashiva Rav Hillel and uh, from others, I, I, I will have to go right away. I actually, I do have, I'm flying tonight. It's, uh, it's a Pagia in the cover of the Niften, it's a Pagia and other people, but I just have no choice, I'm honest. Chazal, the Pasik tells us that when Ottoman when Noah was born, the world had deteriorated. Morally, it had become full of sinners, and the earth was cursed, didn't give fruit, it gave thorns, and people's life was really, really very difficult. Finally, Lamech had a son that he called Noach. Vayikra Noach, Lamer, He will comfort us from all of our treves. And from our frustrations, because of the world that God cursed. And the Medrash asks, the, the derivation of Noah 
Enachmenu is not the same. The word Nachmenu means to comfort. Chazal say the Medrash and the Mila are not the same. The word means to put at rest, at peace. Enachmenu means to comfort. It's not the same word. It's close, similar, not quite the same. And Chazal say that, yes, God shows the name Noach because that was his real essence. People mistook it, and they called him Yenachamenu, which Chazal said they should have called him Nachman if they had that in mind, because they didn't understand the role of Noach in the world. And I want to, I want to explain the difference between Yenachamenu and Noach. Imagine a person has a tragedy. Somebody is laying at his feet, a very close relative, and he's dying. And we come and comfort the person. That's called nichumim. What do we tell him? We tell him, accept your loss, come to grips with it, no one can live forever, Hashem will help. If somebody loses something very valuable, we also speak, there's Nichum, Hashem Yemalech Esroncha, come to grips with it, it's gone, it's over, and so on and so forth. That's called Inachamenu. People saw the world, and the world was a deteriorated, malfunctioning, dysfunctional world. People worked hard, it said they didn't have tools to dig with, they dug with their fingers. Nothing came up, just thorns and thistles, and life was wretched. And he took a look at a person like Noah, who was born Mohol, who looked like a tzaddik, and he said, he will comfort us. He'll give us words of comfort. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, no. It's like when somebody has a dislocated foot, and people give him a crutch, people help him up the steps, and someone says, you know why? You're hobbling because things are not in the right place. And when things are not in the right place, they don't work. They don't function. And putting comforting arms around it and helping people up is perpetuating a problem instead of solving it. Let me solve it for you. And you snap the foot back in place and it hurts a lot. But the foot's back in place and two minutes later, you're running around. I grew up in the generation that was the end of the Adoma era in America. I grew up, Baruch Hashem, observant, very observant. I grew up between the 50s and the 70s, and I came to Israel. And the generation from my high school, which was a religious high school, the question was how many would be left, not how many would be added. The given was the generations are deteriorating, the fruit of our labor is becoming thorns and thistles. If a person had a child who was minimally observant, he was thrilled. And if at least he married a Jewish girl, that was okay. That was what the world looked like. And the tzaddik was the person who would put an arm around you and say, no, what can you do? It's America. At least she's Jewish. At least she cooks kosher. At least this, at least that. That was the attitude. The people understood that the job of the spiritual leaders was nichumim. 
And along came somebody and said, the world is not meant to be dysfunctional. If the world is dysfunctional, it's because things are out of place. And when things will be in place, when people will understand Torah, when people will feel the thrill of mitzvahs, things will snap back into place. It's going to be a painful process. And as Berkowitz mentioned, it was doubly painful for the people that have to make the trek back and the people that understood it to be Emes and not everyone understood that not the Chavar Kaddisha should be called, but the EMT should be called. We're not preparing a eulogy for these people. We're going to deliver some shocks and bring them to life. Reb Noach, the, the perspective of the world was that the Reb Noachs would be the Yenachamenus of the world. They would bring comfort and sort of make us feel good about it. And he said, no, if you will put things back into its place and things will snap in where they should be, with the right attitude, the right understanding, the right perspective, it's going to be there. Let's not perpetuate a cripple, but let's make a healthy person out of it. The Zohar says about Noah, it says, Tochazi, Kivon de Noelad Noah, when Noah was born, Chomo of in de Barnash, the Inun Chaton Kamekuchabichu. He looked around and saw a world of sinners. Vehavigonis Grame, he hid himself. Vishtadel Bopulchone de More, and he worked hard at Avodas Hashem, begin the Loyal Mehach. He increased his own avodas Hashem so not to be swept along. What was he doing? How did he, how did he draw, what was he drawing on not to be swept along? In the book of Aramarishin and the book of Hanoch. The, the great difference between Reb Noach and, again, people's historical memory are short. The people who had been Osek in trying to remedy Klal Yisrael had a different word for remedy, and it was called reform. They said, the problem lies this, in this, in this, snip this, cut that, eliminate that, and make it fit for the people. Reb Noach sat as a hermit learning. The same energies that you saw that we saw in him sitting and reaching out, he first imbued an extraordinary amount of Torah. The stories of his Asmada were my grandfather, my grandfather, Mira Shir who was an awesome Masmid, was overwhelmed by Reb Noach's Asmada. But it reflected itself in his Kiruv. He would sit, and this was, he had one Kiruv message for all the years he was in Kirov. He would sit for an hour and, and speak things of such common sense, such wisdom, such beauty. And when he finished, he would say, that's one word in the Mishnah. All the 48 ways, two months worth of lectures are one Mishnah. In the Sefer of Adam, in the forefathers' Svarim, that's where it's there from. The problem is that you didn't learn it well enough. There's nothing out here that's worth something that you can't find in there. But like Averkowitz mentioned, he had a gift to reach out here, 
But when more important, when he learned the safer of Hanoch and the safer of Adam, when he reached to the roots back, he would every time he learned it, it spoke to him. He heard the wisdom coming from those words, and that's why he gave it over. But when he gave it over, he he reconnected the people back to the origin where they had come from. There is an extraordinary parish in the Torah, one of the most tragic parshas, and in some ways an extremely puzzling parsha. The last parsha in the Torah. It says, Akadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, go up to the mountain, look at the mountain, and look all around Eretz Yisrael and see all of it. Vayom Hashem Elav. Akadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe, Zos ha'aretz ashenishbati la'avrom li'yitzok li'yakov le'imor. This is the land that I promised Avram to Yitzhak and Yaakov. The word Lamar is being not clear here. I will give it to your children. That's the oath and that's the promise that God made to the patriarchs. I've shown it to you. And you will not enter there. What was the point of this? Why? What was this parasha for? One spoke about this in a different context here. Rashi says, Lamar means you're about to die, and I want you to go to the others and to tell them, You should go and tell Avram to Yaakov, the oath that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised, that he swore to you, it's fulfilled. V'zehu lemur, and that's what the word lemur means, tell them. L'kach herisiyalach, and that's why I'm showing it to you. Avul, gzir himilfanai, it's a decree. Sheshomolo taver, you can't go into Israel. Because if there wouldn't be that gzira, hoyisim ekaimach, I would keep you, achetira oisom netuim ukvurim ba. Until I would see you, Klal Yisrael, entrenched, rooted, planted, and then you would go tell them. So Rashi says, had there not been a, a, um, a Gzeira, he would have also not lived forever, but he would have seen them rooted and then gone back and tell the others. He can't do that, so he can only see it from a distance. But Moshe Rabbeinu is the person who sees the promise fulfilled. What's that role? I guess to use a metaphor, it's like a tree. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has planted seeds in the world, roots, that the purpose of these roots is to bear fruit. And whatever God promises, whatever God puts into this world comes true. A Dvar Hashem never returns empty Takarish Baruch But how do we get from roots to the fruit that we wanted? How do we get from one to the other? You can't, we would say, go ahead and do it. Well, the roots are there, why don't they bear fruit? We saw in last week's Sedra that when you sit in darkness, you're paralyzed. A person who has no vision does not act. If a person is completely visionless, 
then he's working at a low-end job, he sits in his chair, he does the little putters around, he's not going anywhere because he doesn't see anything. What connects the seed that's in us, what connects the force that's, that, that is in our very essence to the ability to realize it is vision. When you can catch sight of something and see it, it's possible to work towards it. You may or may not work, but it's only then it's possible. There was, so Moshe Rabbeinu is the vision that connects the oath of the others is the Dvar Hashem that's in the ground. Those are the roots. The vision is Moshe's. And if Moshe saw at Israel, it's possible to conquer at Israel because only on top of vision is it possible to accomplish. This is Eretz Yisrael. There's another oath that a Kaddish Baruch Hu swore to Klal Yisrael. V'ani, I, zos brisi osom Hashem. This is the covenant that I have with Israel. Ruchi asholecha, the spirit that's on you. Udvara asholecha b'ficha, and the words that I've put in your mouth, Torah. Lo yomushu picha, they won't stop from you. From your children, from your children's children. That oath on a spiritual plane is parallel to the oath of Eretz Yisrael. It's there because Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised the three others that Torah is in Klal Yisrael and will always stay there. But between that and its fulfillment, there's a gap. And as a Moshe Rabbeinu that has to stand and see that vision and, and see how it's possible when looking around and seeing the vast majority of Klaisol is not non-observant, just clueless about Torah, and to still have that vision and to say, I've seen it. I've seen the entire spectrum of Klaisol. Like Moshe saw the entire Yisrael, somebody will see that entire Klal Yisrael and all its corners and all its sides fulfilling it. And on the coattails of that vision, someone or someone's or a nation will ride it to fulfillment. There's something extraordinary about Reb Noach passing away just before the center was finished. The center was finished Hoshnoso. For, for 40 years, he wandered in a desert from one hut to another hut, and slowly things started coming down. And it almost seems the echo of that parsha. But the truth is, the Kiev Center is also, it's only a tool, it's only a means. It's not where it's, that's not the end of it. The end of it is Klal Yisrael being, like Rashi says, being Natua and being. Um, and, and kavua in, in Torah the way they're meant to be in Eretz Yisrael. The roots, the roots were in the Avos. The Reb Noach's personal Avos who comes from a great line of Chassidus that tried to stoke the flame of igniting all of Klan Yisrael and from the Haftacha to the Avos of Aniza Yisbrisa Yisam Amar Hashem. Those are the roots. But Again, when I was growing up, I remember Reb Noach coming in to the Me Yeshiva, it was the first years, with a group of what were called hippies in those days. And I assure you, 
that if a Martian spaceship would have come down, it would have been less curious than that. What do you mean? Why somebody who is so far from Yiddishkeit would even want to? Why would he want to sit through 12 hours of mere yeshiva davening on Yom Kippur, you know, nonstop? Why? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It defies logic. It, 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 it was just, it, it's so hard to describe today when Kirov is, is, is a verb and a noun, an adjective and everything, that, that it, was a, it was a non-existing word. It was an axiomoron in those days. What do you mean Kirov Hokim? If the guy's far, why would he come close? The problem was nobody had the vision. Nobody could see somebody awakening the roots and the, and the seeds and somebody awakening the Torah. That was missing. And, and, and when the Moshe of that Kufa, when he saw, when he showed a vision, when he had a vision and showed a vision, Xerahi, it's a that he wasn't Zohar to complete that vision. But it's there. And now that a year is up, a year, Pikabal is sort of the last stretch of having any shaykhs with this world. We, we, we think of Rab Noach going back to the others and speaking about this haftacha of Ani Zois Brisi Oisam Hashem. He made a covenant with you, with the others of all the generations that the divine spirit and the words of Torah would not leave children, children's children, forever. He can say, it hasn't been fulfilled yet, but I've seen it. I've seen it, and I've given the vision, and I gave over the vision to Klal Yisrael. And when we be zeicher, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he'll be able to say, I've seen them, Natua and Kavua, Al Amcha Vanachlosecha, both Eretz Yisrael and the Ruch Hashalecha and Dvar Shasam Tufiko, Le Yomushu Mi Pichon Pizar Acha, Pizar Zar Acha, Omar Hashem Mi Atavarilo.